0: Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey there, welcome to episode 6 of Woke and Wired podcast. This could be the most important episode I have done so far, just in the sense because it really touches on much bigger global issues than just us, our spirituality, and our relationship with technology. And my guest today is Nilima Bhatt, all the way from Mumbai. She is a visionary, a speaker, facilitator, and coach in the fields of personal mastery, leadership, gender equality, and well-being. To make it simple, she is a facilitator of conscious transformation, and she has worked with big corporations from all over the world, such as Whole Foods, bringing a more conscious approach to leadership and business. She is involved with Conscious Capitalism, the book and the movement that you probably have heard about if you're listening to this podcast. And she has spent over 10 years heading corporate communications for major corporations before she turned into a yogi. And then she merged the two worlds. And in this conversation, we talk about... How today's global economic issues come from an overly masculine model of leadership and how we can shift that from taking on Shakti leadership. We talk about what it means to be a Shakti leader, how even though it's a concept of more feminine leadership, it's not limited to women. How we can act from a consciousness of life-giving creativity, sustainability, and achieve self mastery and success while doing that. We also talked about the importance of bringing the body and our connection with our bodies back into the conversation about leadership. I share about the impact that doing Nilima's presence practice has had on my personal life and on the way I am able to be present for other people. We also talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's intuition versus strategy, and how we can merge the two to really create success and fulfillment that are long-term. I also asked Nalema about her view on what role social media and technology play in our success and in elevating consciousness. She has a very interesting perspective on that, so definitely listen to the very end of this episode. And you're probably going to love what she has to say about Star Wars yoga and what they have to do with leadership and business. And before we dive into this episode, I also want to mention an event that is coming up. It is called Lead with Love, and it is a summit that brings together conscious leaders from all over the world to practice yoga, to practice heart-centered leadership, and learn together how we can really, really step into our higher selves as we are creating impact in the world. I went to Leadwood Love in Aspen last year thinking, oh, it's just, you know, going to be another wellness yoga event, and I was mind blown. I met so many incredible people that are just creating such a big difference in the world and speaking up their truth, and Gina, the founder of the organization, is just such a special human being who really lives her values and who walks the talk so much that I actually ended up in Bali with her and her team in January for an immersive experience of being a leader while doing yoga, while being heart-centered. And it's had a profound impact on how I view myself as a leader and how I walk in this world. So if any of this resonates, check out I I am One of the reasons I'm sharing this is because I am actually a speaker and I'm going to be leading conscious social media and branding workshops for the people who are going to be attending. So check it out on ileadwithlove.org. And if you're going to be joining me there, definitely use my discount code, Xenia Love, that's K-S-E-N-I-A-L-O-V-E, to get a nice $100 off your ticket. And I hope to see you there October 25th to the 28th of 2018. All right, that's it for announcements. And before we dig in, I just really want to say a heartfelt thank you for everyone who is listening, who is sharing this with your friends, leaving reviews. It is making a big difference and every single review I read and get a DM on Instagram, it just really moves me and reminds me why I do what I do and helps me get more clear. And that motivates me to keep stepping up my game and to keep bringing you very interesting guests and interesting episodes. So thank you so much for being here with me and for listening. Nelema, I am so excited to speak with you. All the subjects I am most passionate about, consciousness, entrepreneurship, personal development, you seem to have mastered those things and bring them to people, not only on a personal level, but also on an organizational and global level. And I can't wait to talk to you about Shakti leadership and all the things.
1: I'm delighted to be here chatting with you today, and you must tell me how to pronounce your name.
0: It's Xenia. Xenia. You got it.
1: Has a very Amazonian ring to it.
0: Thanks. I like that. I'm actually very connected to the Amazon jungle. I've gone there to into the Amazon acai jungle to watch how it grows and to connect with the farmers, and I, I'm just so called to go back. It's such a special place on earth.
1: Well, we invoked it just now, so... <laughs> manifesting oh, yes. it.
0: <laughs> so you're in Mumbai. So if you guys hear any crazy noises, that's just what it is. That's Mumbai. And I'm in Brooklyn. And we're having this cross continent conversation. And no I want to jump right into it. You know, what mm-hmm. inspired the podcast is that I noticed that when I meditate, and when I do my own consciousness, spiritual personal development practices, it directly impacts not only how well my business does, but also the kind of impact that it creates. And it seems like Shakti leadership is all about that. So is that true? Do you have all the answers for me on how to continue doing that?
1: (laughs) Well, think about it. You know, in the movie Star Wars, it's all about use the force, Luke. And in Shakti leadership, it's the same thing, you know, use the Shakti, Yogini. So today happens to be the 21st of June, which is the solstice, and it is International Yoga Day. And to me, it is so significant because the time has come where as individuals and leaders, we have no choice but to be more connected to our own deeper truth, our higher self. That's like a spiritual connection which is what yoga is about. And equally, we have no choice but to engage and discover a deep love for the earth, for the environment, for nature. It's, You know, so the solstice to me is really about discovering the magic of what it means to be embodied on a planet like this. And when we talk of environment and, you know, business having to, you know, minimize its uh, negative uh, footprint on the planet, it's not just a good thing to do. You know, I, I think the time has come for us to fall deeply in love with nature with mother earth you know with the elements all around us so for me this day as a shakti leader is a very significant day because it brings together these two very key things as a leader and as an as an entrepreneur as a consultant for me to be able to bring yoga and spirituality to this work i do and to do it in a way that is fully integrated with what's good for the planet.
0: Hmm. So we're going to dig more into that. I have a lot of questions of what exactly that means and how you bring it to people. But before we get there, you just mentioned that word embodiment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, actually, before we got on the call, I did your cellular healing meditation and I did the presence meditation. In them as well, you talk a lot about embodiment. So can you explain a little bit more what exactly that means
1: I guess my background being yoga and that to integral yoga, which is the path mapped out by spiritual masters called Sri Aurobindo and the mother. They were saying that even though we've had thousands of years of yogis and practitioners, we may have enlightened the mind, we may have worked out our open hearts and purified our emotions and got a soul connection. But physically, we are still prone to disease and decay and eventually death. So the body kind of trips us up while the mind and the emotions may get enlightened. We're only as good as our body is capable of carrying the new you, right? The new consciousness that is who we have now become as we do this work on ourselves. So to be a Shakti leader, it requires that we not just mentally understand these concepts or, you know, even emotionally feel them, but we embody them. You know, you've got to feel it all the way down to your cells. You've got to feel it in your spine, the way you hold yourself. The body is to be taken along on this journey. And that's what I meant by embodiment, that even your body has messages for you So the work I did before writing Shakti Leadership is I wrote a book with my husband called My Cancer Is Me. I spent 10 years running an integrative medicine program to help cancer patients recover. And that's where I I understood that our body has cells and you can dialogue those cells. They respond. So the body is its own being. And you've got to take it along on your leadership journey otherwise you will be stressed you will fall sick you know you'll have great ideas but your body doesn't come along and on the flip side of it if you actually befriend the body and you you work with your body how you show up your posture how you stand uh, how you present yourself your presence the quality of your presence itself changes and is enhanced so that's what i mean that you know when you look at a leader who is coming from a place of presence and you see a leader who is not coming from a place of presence their body language will be very different and something as simple as squaring your shoulders straightening your spine relaxing your body breathing deeply into your gut all that brings you into not just presence but an embodied presence and your face will show it you know People will react differently to you. They will respond differently to you. You will respond differently to what's happening around you in the context.
0: Mm. So it sounds really simple, right? Connect to your spine, connect to your gut, breathe a little more deeply. But what are some specific practices that someone can do, especially someone who's living a high-stressed, you know, busy entrepreneur life, to connect to those principles of embodiment?
1: So you just mentioned that you did my presence practice, you know, so it's interesting that all this that I'm talking about traditionally comes from monastic lifestyles and, you know, yogis and monks who have spent years practicing and meditating in caves and so on. But over the years, people have discovered the kind of the core elements of these practices and then strung them together in very simple uh, five-minute, seven-minute, ten-minute sequences, you know, and which requires you to breathe a particular way, empty your mind, affirm certain powerful thoughts, uh, hold your body in a particular way. And all these are simple guided visualizations or intentions that you claim and set for yourself, and these are simple tools and techniques. So I created a presence practice, which takes all of 12 minutes, if that's what you just did. And I have an even shorter version of it, which is a five-minute version. So I figured busy people, entrepreneurs stressed about making their budgets. If you say you don't have 12 minutes, then really that's that's not that's not the truth it's all about how much we prioritize being present and feeling empowered and if that's important then you make the time so take those 12 minutes do the presence practice that's available for free on the shakti leadership website and do it for 21 days every day better still do it for 42 days every day and they say that's the kind of time it takes to create a habit And this is how you create a good habit. So one day it becomes unconscious competence. You know, you are just present without working hard for it.
0: Wow, I am definitely going to take that on. I'm going to start with 21 days and we'll see what happens. So with those practices, Nilama, that you have created, how are they different from your traditional meditation and yoga practices?
1: Actually, they're not very different. They've simply been shortened down to their most potent elements. So in a way that, and and no simpler, you know, no shorter, no shorter than that. Ideally, in a world where you have the luxury of time, I would love to roll out the mat and then get onto it and do a full Yoga session, all the stretches, all the breathing, all the shavasana, which is lying down in corpse pose and letting your whole body just merge with the earth and receive energy back from the earth. That would be fantastic, you know, to get a 45 minute, one hour, one and a half hour slot to do the full routine. But if you don't have that, then a quick run through of Squeezing and releasing the muscles across the body, all body parts. The next minute, breathing deeply and relaxing the breath. The next minute, visualizing the lake of your mind becoming clear and calm. And then the next minute, going into your heart and really activating feelings of compassion and caring and love. and forgiveness and acceptance you know just invoking these emotional feelings opens the heart and takes you through to that deeper higher state of consciousness that's called presence you can sharpen your senses from that place call it becoming a sensitive sonar you know just take a minute to say what am i hearing right now what am i smelling right now What am I seeing through the eyes right now? What's the taste in my mouth like right now? What's the temperature or the texture on my skin right now? Just resting your attention on these senses and kind of focusing on that, really presencing it, bringing your awareness to it is its own meditation and brings you to that state of stillness and calm. So... I'm also reminded of Mark Twain's line, you know, say, I'm sorry for this long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. (laughs) It's kind of the same with the yoga practice that if we haven't honed the capacity to really get to presence in 10 short minutes, then in the early days, you may have to take 30 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, on the mat or whatever it is that, you know, do Tai Chi, do Qi Gong, go to a dance class, there are many, many ways to still the mind and relax the body and get to that even breath. The body, breath, mind. You know, just learn to focus on these things, pay attention to them, and you start becoming more present.
0: And that's the thing. We can talk about getting present. We can talk about meditating as, as much as we want. But unless we actually do those practices, even if it's just for 10 minutes, there's not going to be an effect or a difference. And I've got to tell you, after doing this 12 minute practice before our interview, I was feeling quite scattered. I'm traveling today. I have a lot of things going on. And then I did this 12 minute practice and instantly I'm just so connected to my feet and to my body. And I feel like I can actually be present for this conversation.
1: I can feel it in your voice as well, Xenia. I can feel your presence. I can hear your presence. It's different. Once you kind of develop the ear for it, you will know when you're speaking to someone who's present and who is not present.
0: Wow. Okay. So taking it back to Shakti leadership. Nilama, you talk about Shakti leadership and... I was actually just checking out some reviews of the book that are absolutely astounding. Someone named C.A. Holftretter says that I have been a leadership and team development for 22 years. Shakti Leadership is a must-read and a must-apply book. It shows a simple, practical, yet powerful way to shift from a dualistic world of win-lose to a new paradigm of leading our lives and our business that is from win-win. It is practical, powerful, and I'm already transforming the way my clients are doing business." End of quote. So, you talk about Shakti leadership as a way to solve, you know, pretty much all of the issues going on with our world right now that have come from this overly masculine leadership model that is old. And I'd like you to talk more about what Shakti leadership is and how these practices or we're just talking about practices of presence and mindfulness. How can all of that be applied to leadership? And are those practices the essence of Shakti leadership? There is more, of
1: course. So we talk about the the Shakti leadership model, which is called the journey through the five elements of Shakti leadership. The first element is presence. There are lots of good leadership models out there today, which have understood that it's not just behaviors that you have to change to be a good leader. It's where you where you are coming from, so to speak. So what is your internal state like? So are you more mindful? Are you more conscious? So the word conscious leadership is, is more well-known these days, and mindful leadership is also well-known. There is a summit that is held on the subject. Now, I realized, and after having done yoga for many years, it's now 20 years of my journey with all these different practices, transformation practices, I discovered there was still a missing piece that most of the consciousness or transformational practices out there today are still very masculine, made by men for men. And therefore, it's inevitably about saying, still the mind, still the mind, still the mind. And as a woman, as a yogini, I realized there was a totally you know, another piece that was not being addressed, which is, it's not just how present you are, which is conscious, you know, the Shiva principle, but it's also then connecting with the power or the energy that comes from a place of stillness. And if you don't talk about that, then people would think, hey, you know, if I'm just supposed to become empty and still, How am I going to get anything done, (laughs) Mm. right? So what what hasn't been talked about, which is why I needed to write the book, is the stillness isn't a dead, inert state. The second element of shakti leadership is that from a place of presence, which is the first element, the second element is power, that there is a power that flows through the state of presence which is different from the power that flows when you are in your ego, when you are in your narrow self-interest, hmm. right? So when you are in a state of narrow self-interest, you are invariably coming from fear. There is a sense of I'm not enough and there isn't enough. And, you know, I need more and more is better. And we is just coming from either victim consciousness or scarcity consciousness. And you've given up power away to external situations or other people. Whereas when you're present, you discover much like, you know, Yoda tells Luke, use the force, Luke. Well, there is a force to presence. And that force is Shakti. It is the infinite and innate power of existence itself that is moving everything. There is a fuel to this cosmos. Otherwise, it would have Stop moving, right? I mean, everything is in motion. There is no such thing as stillness. Your atoms are moving. Everything is moving right now. And there is a fuel or a power that needs to move things. And that is the Shakti. And this Shakti is not just a mechanical energy, there are different grades and levels of Shakti, all the way to your intelligence, your emotions, and your higher states of consciousness. Everything requires energy to be animated. And Shakti is a power that has its own intelligence to evolve this creation. And so this this power is moving through your spine. It's moving you. It's making your brain have thoughts. It's making your heart have feelings. And so as a leader, if you learn to be present, you will also learn to get a felt sense, a felt sense of a subtle energy. That's moving through you. And when you are quiet enough and you sense that movement and you engage with it, you align with it, you enter into a dialogue or relationship with it, you will notice that when you are in that state of flow or aware of that state of flow of energy within yourself, you will be kind of guided and moved to do the right thing at the right time. You become far more efficient. You may just take one step, but it's as if 10 things get done. Versus when you're not connected to this Shakti, this true power, you are operating from your ego-based power, which depletes very quickly and leaves you stressed and tired. And it's like you have to take 10 steps to get one little thing done, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the second element, which is Shakti. And I think very few conscious leadership or even just consciousness trainings focus on this because this is very a feminine path and the feminine path because of the patriarchy has had to go underground, and it's not really been taught and come mainstream. The third element that also needs to be brought to leadership is the idea of wholeness, that it's not enough to be wise, you also need to be loving, you know, it's not enough to be tough, you also need to know how to be foolish, right? So I'm talking about the four core archetypes what it means to be psychologically whole, to have access to your parent self, to have access to your child self, to have access to your inner masculine, your inner man, and to have access to your inner feminine, your inner woman. And then it's like there is a holy family reunion taking place inside you. You become psychologically whole. And if you are not psychologically whole, you will end up projecting that missing piece on someone else around you and expecting them to complete you. And that's how codependence sets in. Then very unhealthy bonding patterns can happen in relationships. So to really come into full power, you need to become a whole person. To become whole, you need to have, as I say, become the wise fool of tough love. You know, (laughs) wise is your inner parent. Fool is your inner child. Tough is your inner man. And love is the inner woman. And we need all four. Any one missing piece is an unstable state so that's wholeness then the fourth element of shakti leadership is is flexibility or agility that you may be whole but it's also knowing how to be situational because sometimes a situation requires you to be tough whereas if you prefer being loving and harmonious and not engaging with conflict then then that can bring you into more conflict so how to know when to flex between these four four archetypes: wise, fool, tough, love. When to be foolish? When to lighten up and and not take yourself so serious? You know, mm. there's a time for each of these four. So that's the flexibility to know when to play what aspect of your leadership. And then the last element is called congruence, and this is the big purpose work that everyone's into. These that unless you know who you are, your innate nature, you will not know who you are meant to be, which is the purpose you are here to serve in the world. So aligning your your natural gifts and talents, your values, aligning all that with the work you bring to the world is what's going to really flower your purpose and bring it out fully. So congruence, your inner self and who you are,
0: you know,
1: the person you are is the leader you are. That's what congruence is. You can't go to work and put on a mask, pretend to be somebody, when actually you're not. So the leader you are is the person you are. And your innate gifts, values, unique talents are what you have to bring to the world as your unique purpose. Your swabhav is your svadharma. That's what we say in yoga. So, um, these five elements, in a way, are a very complete map to becoming a Shakti leader, because presence, agency, wholeness, flexibility, congruence are all Shakti bases, power bases in themselves. Each of them will unlock a kind of archetypal force for you and will move you. And we talk about the hero's journey, that you know, coming into these five elements is not enough to read the book or to see it up on a slide, You're going to have to make a journey to earn each of these. You know, you've got to earn them. Power is never given to you on a platter. You have to earn it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to go make a journey. And the journey is like the death and resurrection journey. You've got to die to your old ways in order to come into the new. And that's what Joseph Campbell so beautifully has mapped out. So I've just created a very simple version of it for a leader to understand that you, if you don't journey consciously, there's there are chances you'll have to go through pain and trauma and then the transformation before you can bring a gift back. But if you know that this is how the process works, that coming into your Shakti, you could do that in a conscious way, then you're saying, you know, wait for an impulse. Listen when you're being asked to let go an old paradigm or an old way of being, and then allow yourself to dissolve or die in some way you know, take on some kind of a stretch, discomfort zone where you have to grow yourself, some potential that has been as yet unrealized. And then you will discover there is evolution that you have evolved. And not only do you evolve for your own sake, but the grand plan is that the evolved version of you is the very thing that is needed to bring resolution to the world you inhabit, your community, your context. So we can make journeys consciously instead of waiting for a crisis
0: to grow. Wow, what powerful principles. I am definitely ordering the book and doing all the five steps. I just kind of wish I had the book about a year ago, but at the same time, I firmly believe in divine timing because everything, Nilima, you were just saying about leadership, especially step five, yeah. How yeah. who you are as a leader is who you are as a person, right? Yes. Um, when I was on that verge of making my first hire and expanding my business, I had created the story in my mind that I don't really know how to be a leader because I've never been in the position of leadership. And I need to, I need to read all these books that I need to surround myself and know how to build a business. And that's when I will qualify to being a leader. And it took me this journey, you know, a year long journey of just realizing I create my own definition of leadership. And for me, leadership is trust, presence, openness, flow. It's all these things. And it has nothing to do with anything I read in those books about business. So it's so liberating for me to hear this confirmation that leadership does come from within, and the more presence we we'll bring to it, and the more our authentic selves we we'll bring to it, the bigger impact we're going to create.
1: Yes, I, I love the summary and the paraphrasing. And again, from my side, I would, you know, top it by saying always check in on the power you exercise because leadership is all about exercising power to get an outcome that needs to be had and what is the agency and what is the power that you're exercising and just that one question can keep you present am i exercising my fear-based power am i coming from victim of scarcity consciousness or am i exercising the power of presence where i can say and know that i have nothing to defend i have nothing to fear i have nothing to promote i am here now
0: all i need is within me all I need is coming to me. I love that. I love that. So with that, one of the things I I can't wait to hear your take on, and it's something that I go in between, you know, I'm the kind of person who I have an online business, very much action-based and let's do this. And I love statistics and I love analytics. And then on the other side of things, you know, I go away for a week on a meditation retreat and I turn off my phone and I'm completely in a state of flow and connection to nature. So. And the same in my business, I'm always looking for that sweet spot between strategy and decisions that come from the brain and from business and decisions that come from a place of flow and intuition and trust. And I find that having mostly that flow and intuition and trust and a little bit of strategy is what works best for me. And I would love to hear your take on that.
1: I think that's a good summation because, you know, until we become enlightened. You know, we will always have an ego self. And so, you know, two broad selves we have. One is a higher self that knows everything that is in the state of flow. And then we have an ego self that is here in this, you know, duality world and with the ebbs and flows of things. And so there is a purpose to the ego self. The ego self is what keeps us anchored and grounded and, you know, not in la-la land. And it's good to have a sense of boundaries. It's good to use the mind to discern what's right and what's not okay for you, what's not acceptable for you. It's important. It's very important, especially for women. I would say don't give up your thinking, don't give up your discernment until You truly are enlightened and taken over by a higher intelligence, but let's not assume that (laughs) and use the intelligence you have, (laughs) use the mind you have been given. Our education is a valuable one, apply it, you know. So yes, of course, visioning and all that is fantastic. And even the mind that does the thinking for strategy can be opened into a higher mind, big mind, you know. A place where ideas in their purity are held and they kind of download into you when you keep an empty mind. you know so the best strategies may come when when you use your mind to be empty and receptive to intuitive inspired higher ideas that can then land on it. It's much like a radio trying to be tuned right into the right station so, I would say, yes, strategy is good, we have to do it, but not strategize from a place of lack of fear, but to strategize from a place of presence.
0: What a powerful idea instead of separating the two the masculine and the feminine, the intuitive and the strategic, to actually have them support and serve each other and Yes. I think that 's really profound
1: yes, so and that could be higher masculine and the higher feminine actually
0: so speaking of the masculine and the feminine shakti leadership is it just for women or how can we open up our men to the these concepts even though the name itself and the concept itself is very feminine
1: while shakti means the divine feminine bear in mind that a mother gives birth to both boys and girls right so both boys and girls will carry the dna and the content they got from the mother right? So. We have the divine masculine and the divine feminine or the higher masculine or the higher feminine in each of us, regardless of gender. And so we have Shakti in us, regardless of gender, especially at a time where both men and women have been trained to hone their masculine skills. Both men and women have actually left undeveloped their feminine capacities. So Shakti is needed by both men and women. Not because it's better than Shiva or the masculine principle, but because it's needed to restore balance. And anything out of balance is is what's causing all the problems. So it's about restoring balance in both men and women.
0: And is this Shakti leadership principle, you know, the methodology in the book, is it based on strictly spiritual ideas or what would you say to a skeptic who is interested in this but maybe not so much connected to the yogic wisdom and to the spiritual traditions?
1: I love what Cindy Wigglesworth calls spiritual intelligence so her book is called SQ21 like EQ is emotional intelligence SQ is spiritual intelligence and it's got nothing to do with religion it's in a way a higher form of emotional intelligence and mental intelligence which says, do I have a sense of a higher purpose and deeper meaning to life? Am I able to connect with something beyond my sense of I? There is a greater self, you know, do I have a sense of that? What is my relationship with that universal self beyond this ego? And equally, do I have an ability to connect with that same Universal self in all other people around me. So, do I know how to relate and connect in a way that is beyond self-interest? That is for a sense of oneness. That we 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 have a shared being. We have a shared experience called life, and we have a shared destiny as as a humanity. All this is part of spiritual intelligence, and I would say. And as Cindy Wigglesworth would also say that really developing spiritual intelligence is not an option or a nice to have. It's a must have. It's an imperative. We are, we are capable of that depth and we have to reach it if we have to find solutions to our problems today. Because the problems we are encountering are due to the lack of having developed spiritual intelligence.
0: So bringing that to more global level to create that difference, you know, you do work on an organizational level as well. How do you bring those Shakti leadership to this much bigger level beyond our personal growth?
1: It's pretty simple, actually, because once you do leadership training with organizations, especially that I'm part of the conscious capitalism movement, There are many companies who are looking for a higher purpose beyond profit. There are companies who are looking to create cultures built on trust and love and care because they can see that that is good for business, right? There are companies who recognize that their stakeholders have to win and, you know, by being involved with them and that they can't be squeezing out their stakeholders and hope to profit in the long run. So because of conscious business, conscious capitalism becoming quite mainstream these days, not <laughs> way to go, of course, but, you know, it's in the media, it's in the news. There are big conferences around the world about these ideas now that business as usual has started giving us diminishing returns it's not working if anything it's a major cause of all the problems we are facing environmentally you know in terms of employee engagement or well-being And you know, there's a huge cost to unconscious business and so when i teach these ideas in companies we actually we we look to map these ideas into what does it mean for a team you know How does a team learn to work together using these principles? What is the level of presence the team manages to engage at? Okay, even culture. We can diagnose an organization's culture based on masculine and feminine values being embodied uh, or rewarded. You know, it's very easy once you use the lens of masculine and feminine, right there, you can get to see whether a leadership of a company or a culture of a company is dominant masculine or dominant feminine. And right there, you get to diagnose, therefore, what the problem could be. Is it about too much masculine? Is it about too little feminine? What behaviors need to be valued and rewarded? What do you dial up? What do you dial down? Right? So all this then goes into, you know, 360 degree evaluations. It's a very simple, it's not rocket science. You know, I think we've the mind and we just love over-strategizing and making a big deal of simple things sometimes. <laughs> so this is like a nice little, I often think of Shakti leadership like the kid who, you know, who says the emperor is naked, mm-hmm. that we've made a much of a muchness of many things in the business world with all our systems and processes and technology and and maybe it's time to just bring it back down to basics and simple principles
0: you know hmm.
1: the idea of the yin and the yang and shiva and shakti is is ancient and it's the basis of of medicine and well-being and you know everything so why wouldn't it apply to business to be able to diagnose what the problems may be and therefore what the solutions would be
0: right you know what i'm loving about this conversation is that sometimes you have one of these really inspiring conversations and then i'm like oh my gosh this is so much how do i even apply it So I really appreciate that you're breaking it down to the basics and making us all, myself and listeners realize that really it's already within us. It's innate and it's just coming back to those roots and stripping down all the things that are not working. That's the path. And so with that, can you look, tell us about any companies or people who are in leadership positions that are true embodiment of the Shakti leadership principles? so we can all look them up and get inspired?
1: Well, we did a lot of work with Whole Foods. Whole Foods ran a conscious leadership academy. And my husband, Vijay, and I would be teaching many of these principles and ideas. With And we took a 1,200 of their leaders through some of the training around these ideas. I have been speaking with the employees of Container Store, with Etsy, and also even mainstream, you know, Banks were like you know Societe Generale Bank, wow. the women's you know, so you know TCS data Consulting Services, large massive. I think it's the world number one tech consulting company, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, this work is being asked for by companies big and small. I think, of course, it's. I would say it is easier to be embedded into startups so that they start right instead of having to come at it years later when they are really large and then moving a big ship is just going to take so much more, so much more. Right. Mm. So I love the fact that I'm speaking to someone like you who, who is into the startup world and is a, you know, is an entrepreneur. So whenever I would say, begin with these principles, And you would kind of be on the right track from day one.
0: Okay. I'm not on day one, but I'm definitely starting this now. (laughs) What are some of the results that you see companies get from doing the leadership with you, from reading the book and from embracing those more conscious business practices?
1: I can just share with you, you know, out of the blue, I will receive emails and LinkedIn, you know, messages I have no idea who's reading this book and you know how it's landing for them and how it's helping them. I, I got an email from someone who runs a mid-sized company. He's, he's a man and I don't know him. He found the book at a bookstore in an airport and he <laughs> writes to me to say, I really, really want to thank you because I was a very masculine leader and I didn't know it. And my company was failing. I was really staring at perhaps, you know, even shutting it down. I was responsible for all these employees and I was in a very difficult place. And then I saw your book and read it. And I started watching the women around me, even my own family members, and started noticing how they get things done, even though they're not necessarily in regular leadership positions. And, And I started understanding what... Care and compassion and collaboration and connection—you know what that feels like, what that looks like—and I then started trying it on for size back in my own workplace. And he says he's turned his company around.
0: Wow, that's fantastic! And then
1: to say thank you, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> mm. You know, so this is just one story. I get these kinds of amazing stories from the strangest of places.
0: So incredible. And that actually loops perfectly into my next question. And it is about what role technology and social media plays in approaching business more consciously and creating a bigger impact. You know, first of all, you know, the fact that you can receive a message from somewhere on the other side of the world saying they picked up the book at the airport, and they can email you or send you a LinkedIn message right away. And you get just immediately tapped into the impact you're creating. That's just an outstanding sign of our age. And then the fact that you lead the Body Intelligence Summit, a free online event about becoming more deeply embodied, you know, you use technology plenty to deliver those ideas. And I just want to hear your ideas on how social media and technology, how they can play a role in spreading these ideas even farther.
1: I think that's a brilliant question and it's the question of our time. Technology and social media is a double-edged sword. It is what it is. It's a medium. So therefore, it's the consciousness that you move through it that will determine whether it's used for good or used for bad. I just wrote a piece on this, a blog on Mixer, through Cecile, who also connected us. Exactly, Mixer yes. is this, this um, you know female-forward uh, social media platform to help women come into leadership and they were saying how do we start conscious you know and uh, they've written up these beautiful guidelines saying anyone who engages on mixer and uses mixer please let's together agree to these guidelines. you know, These are our agreements. That This is how we engage with each other. We are going to be civil and civilized. I think that's so necessary because if you just see what's happening on social media these days is people have the power to post. They can put a thumbs up or a thumbs down. They can be anyone, anywhere, and they don't have a sense of accountability for what they are saying. So they can get away with anything. And We all have the better angels of our nature and we all have our demons, right? So perfectly educated human beings who would think twice about speaking that language in person in a live setting can write the most atrocious things online. And I'm just appalled when I see the kind of comments people leave saying this is such a measure of the consciousness levels of humanity. You know, that there's a saying in in, in Hindi, you know, Bandar ke mein pataka, that to give a firecracker in the hands of a monkey. Hmm. That we've been given this amazing technology, but look at the people who are using it. Look at the level of consciousness with which people are using it. And and then really making it something that is harmful because you, if you tell one lie to one person, uh, it ends there. But if you tell a lie on a social public platform it can spread like wildfire right so there is such responsibility so i talk about responsibility and accountability that unless social media and technology is leveraged with responsibility and accountability responsibility is the ability to respond but accountability is to be held to account right so you've been given something very powerful You're responsible for how you use it, and you're going to be held to account for how you use it. Mm -hmm. So I feel unless these two elements are brought into technology and social media, it would be something that causes more harm than good right now.
0: Nelma, you're just speaking my language, and how you phrased it is just so brilliant about social media being just a medium. And then the consciousness, we move through it, it's up to us. And that's exactly the way I think about it. It's, you know, to me, the comparison I like to make, it's like money. Money doesn't have an energy of its own. It's how we use it, what we put it, you know, what kind of energy and intention we put into spending it, into sharing it, into using it. That's what really defines it. And it's the same with social media. And I think the next step really with social media, and that's the reason why I work with entrepreneurs to spread the ideas of more conscious social media strategy and sharing your message in a more mindful way and see social media as a tool to create a bigger impact. I think the next step is really, you know, right now the whole conversation is about conscious business. And soon we we'll all, will be talking about conscious social media because you're right. You know, for some people, social media is this anonymous way to get our shadow side out there in the world. But at the yep. same time, balance it out, there's more and more people spreading light and spreading spiritual ideas and spending conscious ideas on social media. So I think there's going to be more and more conversation about a more thoughtful approach to what we share and how we share. And I just love that you're so tapped into it as someone who is the embodiment of Shakti leadership. And with that, I'm just feeling so inspired. I am excited to dig into your book. And is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't covered? I want to share that my deepest vision is to
1: create 100,000 Shakti leaders by 2030. And uh, it's not enough to just read the book. So, you know, I partnered with the University of San Diego right now to offer a nine-month advanced women's leadership and entrepreneurship program, which is part-time, online, and then with a residency in October in San Diego. And we're taking enrollments for that. And women like you, so please spread yeah. this out, all the women you can think of, because it's not enough to read the book. We need to make a journey. It's taken me 20 years, right? And then I wrote the book and I said, maybe someone else doesn't have to take 20 years, Well, take... <laughs> Nine months, you know, take nine months. But you're going to have to stay with these ideas. You've got to let them process in you, filter down, digest, and then embed, you know. So, journeying on this path with a cohort that's also thinking the same way, coming up, not just doing the step in work on the inner transformation, but learning feminine leadership skills and then creating a Shakti project that is meant to change the game you know, as an entrepreneurial idea, all this will be part of a nine-month journey through coaching and mentoring. And so I would love for you to spread the word on the Shakti Fellowship. And the details are also up there on the shaktileadership.com website. And um, we're still taking enrollments. We already have a mate, but I would love to have more women.
0: I'm definitely going to be looking into that. Thank you so much, Nilema. What an incredible conversation. And it was fun with the sounds of Mumbai in the background too.
1: <laughs> while, you were, while we were chatting, there was the weekly aarti or puja or prayer service that happens under a sacred tree outside my window.
0: <laughs> How special is that?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, on the solstice day. Wow.
0: It's so amazing. I often schedule you know, special things on certain days, but I have no idea why. And then it turns out it's so auspicious. I think it's no no accident. This was so wonderful. So thank you so much for taking the time. I can't wait to share these ideas with the world. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired.com Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.